A truck driver was just sat down at an all-night restaurant uh, to eat. He was weird from the road. And soon after, just after he got his, got his food, uh, three motorcyclists came in, all Harley drivers. They decided they're going to pick on this truck driver. So one, one reached down, grabbed his hamburger, and started eating it. The second one grabbed a fistful of french fries and just started going to town. The third one grabbed his cup of coffee and started drinking it. Well, the truck driver, with an inhuman almost amount of patience, endured it, calmly got up, took his check to the register, laid his money down, and quietly walked out and drove away. Well, the waitress watched all this. She finally came back to the uh, three motorcyclists, and uh, one of them said to the waitress, well, he wasn't much of a man, was he? She said he wasn't much of a truck driver either. Ran over three bikes on his way out. (laughs) You know, just the word patience, just thinking of that word is enough to remind us that we haven't arrived. And And that so, I mean, it's patience is one of those things that you really just haven't arrived yet. As much as we try, there's going to be something that tries our patience. And that gets under our skin or whatever it may be. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a kid or, or you're a senior saint. There are, sometimes people will get to you. Things will get to you. I had to chuckle when I read the, this next story about a man. His car stalled in heavy traffic. Right as, right as this light was turning green, he couldn't get it to start. And of course, you know what happens. There's cars lining behind them, and all of them were really nice, right? No, they all started laying on their horn, honking, and as much as this man tried, during the whole green light, he just could not get his car started. So when the light turned red, he got out of his car and and walked to the car behind him. Even, you know, this man who had been laying on the horn so much, even though he knew he could hear, he was trying to start the car, he just said, you know what? I'm having a hard time starting my car. If you, would, uh, if you would go try to start it, and I will honk the horn for you. Oh, I wish uh, sometimes I had that type of demeanor, because I know what my demeanor would be like in situations like that, and I'm not exactly proud of it. It's one of those times that, man, I wish I had more patience. Man, I wish I had it. And while we were uh, traveling... As many of you know, we traveled into uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, I was asking uh, you to pray for some peace in the car. Well, it worked for the most part, except uh, one night we were out just a little bit late having done some things, and we were hitting some good traffic, and Michaela was just screaming bloody murder. And I looked over at Katie and I said, you know what, I'm really glad I don't get uptight whenever my daughter screams because this could be a bad thing. (laughs) With all this traffic and everything... Oh, but patience, patience is something I'm having to learn every day. Every day my child takes another breath, I have to learn a little bit more about patience. We are very impatient people, aren't we? If you don't, if you don't believe it, just consider this statistic, that the annual cost of people running red lights is $7 billion dollars. That's the annual cost. The average time that running a red light would save is 50 seconds. Isn't that impressive? $7 billion just for the average of 50 seconds. We are always trying to figure out a way to cram more and more things and do uh, into less and less time. 
and we even allow less and less time to do more and more things. Ever been to a doctor's office recently? I love that. I don't understand how this works, that if you have an appointment at 10 o'clock, you might as well show up at 11, for the most part, because they cram three other patients with the exact same time slot as you. Now, they're getting better about that, and it's not always the place, and it's not necessarily the doctor's fault. There's things that come up. I understand all this. But can't we plan for those? Maybe we don't need to cram so much into our lives. We, we, we don't want to waste time. We want everything to tick along perfectly in sequence and work as though it's just clockwork. There's even a church in Florida. I love this. There's a church that advertises that they have 22-minute services. Their services are only going to last 22 minutes. So their songs are fast, their prayers are, are short, and their sermon is only eight minutes long. Uh, so I might need to be done pretty soon. <laughs> no, I'm not going to adopt, adopt that philosophy. But that is, that is something that speaks to a lot of people. Man, I can, I, yeah, I can do that. 22 minutes? That's say, I even got eight minutes to get home before the game starts. Or whatever it may be. That's what it seems like, is that it almost gives you that eight minutes extra. It's not even a full 30 minutes long. It's only 22. There may be a few people who haven't been able necessarily to relate to my, the previous three sermons. If you didn't catch it, all of them were around one central theme, not just Christmas, but about the fruit of the Spirit. They were the first three fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. And you may not have, uh, there may be some of you that have no, no problem being loving. Or you may be convinced that for the most part, you experience joy in your life. Or maybe you rarely struggle with lack of harmony or peace. But I would venture to say that there's not a person in here that didn't wish they had more patience. Patience is one of those, those gifts, one of those fruits of the Spirit that is just, I don't know, it's one of those things you never want to pray for, do you? Lord, give me more patience and give it to me now. Wait, that doesn't work. Or He gives opportunities for you to be patient it's not something we pray for. Before we get too far, let's go and turn to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. As you're turning there, as you're finding that, I want to share with you an observation that a well-known Bible scholar named John Stott made about the fruit of the Spirit here. He observed that the fruit of the Spirit can be divided into three different groups. He suggested that the first three, love, joy, and peace, should be considered as our attitude toward God. Our attitude with God is a love, joy, and a peace. The next three should be primarily uh, is our attitude towards others. Patience, kindness, goodness. They seem to affect other people. The last three reflect attitudes towards ourself. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know if he necessarily got it all just right with those, but maybe that kind of gives you an, another way to look at the fruit of the Spirit here in a practical way of seeing that first three are to God, next three are to others, and last three are for self, things to work on and things to have in our life. Let's read this together. Galatians five twenty two. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So what really is patience? I think there's a number 
a number of very interesting definitions people have come up with that may help us understand a little bit of what patience is. Here's, here's a few of them. Patience is the, abil- is the ability to put up with people you would like to put down. I like that one. Patience is accepting a difficult situation without giving God a deadline to remove it. Patience is an inner calmness that comes from the knowledge that God is in control. Can you relate to some of those? I thought all of them were just really good of explaining a little bit of what patience is. There's actually three different Greek words in Scripture that can be translated as patience. We'll focus on the third one because that's the one found in Galatians 5. But the first one is um, an achio, which is a combination of two Greek words meaning up and a hold. This comes from Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Be patient. The word we're looking here is translated at in, other, in tolerance in the New American Standard Bible, forbearing in the King James ber- Version, and to bear with in the NIV. The idea is to sustain or to uh, patiently bear with someone or something. The next Greek word is hupomon, which is two Greek words again to mean that translated means under and abide, to abide under. Uh, James 1, 3 and 4 is where we see this word. James 1, 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. It's translated here, endurance. In other versions, it's patience or perseverance. The idea is that it, the patience that bears up under a load and provides steadiness in the midst of life's battles. It's that patience that allows a person to, to endure life's challenges without throwing in the towel without quitting, to hold through. There's not a whole lot of difference between these first two Greek words, but there's just a, they have that understanding of bearing through it, just grit, gritting your teeth and making it through the situation. The third Greek word, though, is a little bit different. Macrothumi comes again from two Greek words. Macro meaning slow and thumos meaning anger. So as you can imagine, the word is, means slow to anger, or it's the opposite of a short fuse. Here's the key word we're, we're looking at. It's the idea of patience uh, presented in James here, but it's not, it's the one we primarily understand. It's not primarily connected to hanging in during difficult days, but involves not, in not flying off the handle over little things, having patience through those little things. It's the idea of not getting mad at those, those little irritations that are in so much of our lives all the time. That's how we normally think of patience. Is those being able to hold through those just little things that just get under our skin, whatever it may be. It's different for each person. And if you haven't had an opportunity to uh, exhibit some sort of patience in your life, then you haven't had family this Christmas. Because that is one of the things that I think is a true test of patience is that being around family, because you see it in so many different ways. You see things that siblings were born to get on each other's nerves. I believe it. I'm the youngest sibling. That's my whole goal in life, is to get on my older two siblings' nerves. And they'll probably say the exact same thing of me. 
that that is, that is what has happened, is that we just do that. We push each other's buttons, and we do those little things that really don't matter, but we still got to have patience through them. We have to have this patience that it is tough. And it can be a real challenge, can it? Having patience, not just reacting to situations. Let me illustrate. A man noticed a lady in a, in a grocery store and had her one-year-old in her cart. The child asked for cookies. Her mother said, no. The little girl began to cry loudly. The mother patiently said, now, Missy, we're halfway done. It won't be long. The same thing happened in the candy aisle. This time, the little girl kicked and screamed. The mother said, there, there, Missy, only two more aisles, and then we're done. Now, they made it to the checkout, and the little child reached for some gum, to which the mother said no again, and this time, the child just screamed the biggest she ever had, the loudest, throwing a big fit. The mother patiently then said again, Missy, We'll be through this checkout stand in five minutes. Then you and I both can go take a good nap. A man had followed, couldn't help but notice what was going on, and, and came up to the lady and she said, and told, told her, you know, I just couldn't help but notice how patient you were with little Missy. The mother replied, well, thank you, but my little girl is Francine. I'm Missy. What a way to kind of think about patience, to talk yourself through it. And that's probably a good way uh, that whenever I ran across that illustration, I was like, man, that got me because that's right. Sometimes I need to be talking to myself, not the one that is causing the issue within me. Sometimes I need to be working on myself. I need to be working on Missy. So where does patience come from? I think the Bible is very clear when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. As we read in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit comes from God. These are God's gifts to His children. Now, that doesn't mean that that a non-Christian can't show some attributes of patience. But I think think it might be in the the aspect of being able to just kind of put things off and hold hold things too for a little bit. But a Christian is expected even to have patience. This is the fruit of a Christian's life. This is the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit's in your life, you exhibit patience that maybe people don't fully understand. Isn't that neat? How God works within our lives like that? Giving us the patience to endure whatever the situation may be. You know, and the reason we can get patience from God is I think God kind of has a a corner on the market for patience. Just think about it. When you look at all the stories in the Bible, you can easily find out that God does not operate in the same timetable that we do, that humans do. You know, it's not in the same timetable by any standard. There are so many things that it seems like it would be much simpler if God would just go ahead and take care of. But instead, waits for a long time. It's not in the same timetable. Twenty-five years passed before Abraham and Sarah had Isaac. 25 years from whenever God says you're going to have a boy, you're going to have, well, it's more so than a boy, you're going to have a nation. Count, you know, not be able to count them from the sands and the sea. This is going to be a huge thing. 25 years pass. And then they get the boy. And he keeps on telling Abraham, you know, you're going to own all this land. But the only thing Abraham owned in his lifetime was a cemetery plot. Israel 
was told to be a great nation. It didn't happen for 900 years. David was anointed king. This should be a good thing. But Saul chased him around for years. And Jesus, the Son of God, comes to earth. It seems like he has this mission to accomplish. But he waits 30 years to start into the ministry. Things don't seem to work. You know, if that was according to my plan, especially with Jesus, if I were in charge of this, I would be like, okay, Jesus, as soon as you get down there, you know, you can, you can start walking pretty quick, start talking, that'd be great, and then start teaching. It's just do that. When you're, when you're three, that'll be right. Start teaching everybody, and that'll give you a good 30 years to teach. Won't that affect the whole world? No, in God's scheme, you wait 30 years, and you teach for three, and you change everything. What kind of patience does that take, though? Most of the things that most of us find patience waiting, waiting for even just an hour to be difficult. But God works at His speed, not ours. I think patience is even more challenging in our, in our culture than it is in most others. You know, if you think about it, I don't know how many of you have just naturally looked at your watches now. Uh, and if not, you're about to, because just the mere mention of a time, you're wondering, what time is it? How long has a preacher been going? Because I know that happens, sometimes at least. I do it a lot. I look at it and go, whoa, where'd the time go? I guess I better finish. But we look at our watches so often, we run everything by a clock, and it's perfect. We even have it down to the second on so many of our activities. And in fact, if you're in any type of, uh, of assembly work or anything like that, then that is shaving off just a mere second can change so much output. And it's wonderful if you can do that. And so we're always looking at ways to break time down even further. But did you realize that is a very new concept in the human world? For most of our history as humans, we have not judged anything by a second hand. The second hand didn't even come into existence until the early 1700s, and then it was only an idea. The second hand came in, most people throughout our human history would decide things by the sun, by midday, by evening, by morning. Even scripture sometimes will say the ninth hour. Well, to us, we're like, is that 928? Is it 945? No, it's the ninth hour. Who cares exactly what time it is, but it's the ninth hour. We live so much by this clock that it's hard for us to really have patience. And our desire a lot of times to accomplish so many things and make lists determines a little bit uh, how our way goes. Now, I'm not saying making lists and the to-do list is wrong by any standard. I think it's good to have those, but there's a negative side to it as well. The negative side is that we, we cram all these things to get done in our day, but there are certain things that you just can't put on a list, the, the things that we want to do. Like our desire to be a good husband, a wife, a mother, son or daughter. It's not something you can schedule in at, you know, at 9.05. For the next 10 minutes till 9.15 before I start my next project, I am going to be a good husband. If that's all my wife got out of me is 10 minutes a day, this marriage would not last. And especially if it was always between 9.05 and 9.10 because guess where I'm at? And usually not at the house to fulfill that one. It doesn't make sense to schedule it like that. Or even some other things, our desire to mature as a Christian. From 8 to 8.30, I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to mature as a Christian. I'm going to do Christian-like stuff. It just doesn't, it's not something you can put on a timetable. It's a lifestyle. And the, the flip side of that is when we have these lists, when we have these lists going down, how do you feel when they get interrupted? I know how I feel a lot of times. I see, I, I've got these things that I need to do, and, and it sometimes becomes to a fault because I'm pretty one-track focused. I, whenever I know something I've got to do, my eyes are set. I've got to head to my office for something. I may not see who in the world I walk by because I'm heading to my office. And as soon as I get the thing that I need, I'm heading back. I'll see everybody. That's no problem. But in the meantime, if you try to interrupt my flow, I might get a little impatient with you. I don't like that about me, but that's how it, how it works a lot of times whenever we have these lists and have these ideas. So I think the wrong thing about these is that when we don't allow others into our space and into our time, that's one of the biggest things, I think, illustrations about patience to me. You can take that to every corner of whenever people are impatient. It's because someone else is tromping on their time. That's when we become impatient. Or when we're, when we're agitated about something, we will more times than not be impatient in a situation. And I think that's where, when, when we latch ourselves on with Christ, when we become God's child and the Holy Spirit reigns in our life, we get this, this peace, as we've already talked about. We have this love, joy. We get this peace that, that covers so much. And through that peace comes a lot of patience. Because if we're at peace with things, if we're at peace with this world, if we're at peace with our life, patience is a little more easy. It's okay if we're a little late for something. It's okay if something happens. I think God helps us with the patience. You know, patience works itself differently with each of us, though. Let me illustrate with this story of a four-year-old boy and his mother on a long trip. This boy kept on asking every few miles the question that children often ask. When are we going to get there? Or are we there yet? Finally, his exasperated mother said, We still have 90 miles to go. Don't ask me again when we're going to get there. No more. 90 miles. Well, the boy was quiet for a little bit. Then he timidly asked one more question from the back seat. Mom, will I still be four when we get there? We each have a different understanding of patience and kind of how it works. And there are certain things that break, break our impatient cycle. I would imagine that this mother would have done exactly what all of us just did. Would have just laughed and said, you know, it totally changed the whole atmosphere. I bet you the rest of that car ride was just fine. Those last 90 miles were great because it broke it. Because this boy was able to break his mother's impatience. Isn't that what we should be about? Breaking the impatient cycle in this world? We have an unprecedented opportunity to demonstrate patience in our culture. Whether it be noisy children, or bad drivers, or whatever we come across in our day, we have so many opportunities to break an impatient cycle and to show people what the fruit of the Holy Spirit really looks like. This patience in our life. It's so needed and we can do it with God's help. I'm reminded of Scripture in Isaiah, verse 
chapter 40, verse 31, says, But those who trust in the Lord, or other versions, those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I think what I'm suggesting is that you show others patience. Because it's, it works so many times. Whenever you show others love, they tend to show you love back. When you share joy, you tend to get joy back. All these fruit of the Spirit are like this. When you show people patience, they're going to be more patient with you. And that's a lesson to me because I need that. I need people to be patient with me and I need to show people patience in my own life. God has shown us so much patience. And I hope you remember that. Because we have failed Him throughout our human history so many times, but even in our own lives here on this earth, that we keep on failing God and He is patient with us. He is not quick to anger as Scripture says. He is slow to anger. He is patient. And He has shown us mercy by sending us His Son to die on this cross for our sins. If you're here this morning and have never asked Him into your life, if that's never been something you've done, then why not now? Why wait? <laughs> we're, not, we're not used to waiting for so many things in our life, then why wait for this one? It's one of the most important things, if not the most, rather, important thing. Why wait? Come now as we stand and sing.